0: Hi, I'm Eliza, a 16-year-old living on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Everything's changing around me all the time, and with it, opinions are too. So I'm here to explain what's really going on in the minds of me and my friends. This week, I'll talk about what I'm stressed about, what I'm obsessed with, what I'm finding funny, what I'm done with, and I will overshare a little bit. So, the first thing that I'm obsessed with, which is probably going to irk my mom a little bit, but it is getting another piercing in my ear. Because, so I have the two in the like earlobe and I have one in the cartilage, which hurt less than expected because I was warned like crazy before I got it that it would hurt a lot. And then it's actually fine, except it takes a really long time to heal. Now I'm kind of on the on a rampage begging, <laughs> begging mom and sort of dad, but dad doesn't really care as much. I feel like maybe this is just recently or maybe it's just like because I'm getting older, but getting piercings is not like edgy anymore. Most of my friends have cartilage piercings or three in one ear, four in one ear, and that's not because I'm like some punky, punky person. I hang out with, you know, cool teenagers, and most of us don't just have our earlobes pierced. So I think that maybe part of the reason that my parents are against this is because it's seen as something that is out of the norm, but actually, I mean, I have some of the fewest piercings in terms of the majority of the high schoolers. Like, it's not surprising. It's not weird. You barely notice it on other people. People will go to dinner and someone will call their mom and say, hey, mom, I'm far downtown. Can I just, like, go get a piercing? And their mom will be like, yeah, sure, honey, be safe. And they're like, all right. But I think that part of the reason it's kind of a struggle to talk to my parents about it is because it's, they're still used to it being kind of like an edgy thing when really it's not. So I feel like on, in terms of doing things that are on the wild side, I would much much rather get a piercing that I can take out. But, I mean, I understand the logic of it, but I still feel like if it's my head and my ears and it's not going to actually affect me long term, then I don't really quite understand the argument against it. But I'm the one who's in a school with children with self-given tattoos or pierced ears, but I still think that it's not that edgy. So, you know, that's my opinion. And I am obsessed with it. I mean, my mom had three when she was younger. And I was like, when we were first arguing about the first one that I wanted to get in the cartilage, I was like, well, you had three. And she's like, yes, but I was in college. And I'm like, okay, well, who did them? And she's like, my friend. In terms of safety, I would 100% say the way I'm going about it, asking instead of just doing it, is far better. I mean, cause I have friends who are like, my dad doesn't want me to get my nose pierced and I'm just gonna do it and then he can't do anything about it. If I come home with it, like what's he gonna do? Pull it out of my nose? Didn't think so. Gotta give me credit for at least asking. But I just find it interesting that like, the sense of edginess that we have with like, people wearing black, people having piercings, none of that really applies right now in the high school world, in the world of teenagers. People aren't going to say that you look like you're goth because you wear black all the time. Because most people wear black all the time. So that is my thought on that. Maybe it will change my parents' minds. I am doubtful because, you know, when they're set against something, they're set against it. And I just got the dog as the argument that I just begged for a dog and got a dog. So that's it for this next decade of my life. Um. So anyway, the next thing is what I am done with, which is Saturday Night Live. Which I honestly haven't really been into for ever maybe. I've seen the days when it was part of the younger people's culture to be really interested in that and talk about it the next day and we don't mention it like we don't really honestly care about watching people like Miley Cyrus perform because we're not that interested in people like Miley Cyrus. I would watch it the only time I've watched it recently is to see someone perform Um, but that was only as a musical guest, and I didn't watch the rest of the episode. And that was in, like, 2014 when St. Vincent performed, and she's, like, a random indie person who, you know, does guest spots on Portlandia. So it's not like we're tuning in to see Miley Cyrus perform her weird stuff or Kanye West do his weird stuff, because we could see that anywhere. We don't need to turn on SNL to do that. I mean, it used to be that I would watch the whole episode and try to ditch the music parts because that was boring, but, I mean... Now I think sometimes it just falls flat. It's like they're trying to get the attention of older people, and in doing that, it's they're just forgetting that there's a whole group of people out there who would be down to see something funny and who want to be related to, and there's no sketch show or anything that's like that, and so I think that they've lost our business in that area. I mean, honestly, I'm trying to think of things they could do better, but I can't even criticize it or give, like, helpful advice because I haven't watched it enough to know what they are doing. You know, if I was watching stuff and I said, well, these sketches aren't talking about things that are relevant to us, it's like, well, yeah, clearly they're not talking about things that are relevant to us, because if they were, we'd be watching, and that's, like, all I have to say about that. We're definitely far more into talking about things that are on Netflix. We watch It's Always Sunny. People watch Friends, weirdly, even though we were all, like, born in the late, late 90s, if not the 2000s. So now a very familiar what I'm stressed about, which is yet again the SAT, except this time I took it yesterday morning. And every time I take it, I realize how surprised I am by it because there are 10 sections in the old one, like 10 really long sections and three breaks the whole entire time. And it always starts later than you think. And there's always some room confusion, which is funny because when you're hearing about it, you really expect everything to be so orderly and like, everyone's paying attention to everything and you you have to follow all these very specific rules about when you get there and where you go but it says be there at 7:45 i got there at 7:45 we all have to like wait outside this locked high school for you know 15 or 20 minutes talking to each other you find people you know because you always do and then you go inside and you know they like yesterday they said okay you're in room 405 so i went to room 405 Um, which was where I thought I read I was supposed to be. And I went and I was like, okay, I'm here. And I showed her my ID and I showed her my ticket. And the lady's like, well, so you're not on my list. I was like, what? I'm not on the list? Like, I thought I was going to maybe pass out because like so much anticipation. Um, And she's like, wait, you're trying to get extended time specific bio SAT? And I was like, no. And she was like, well, that's this room. And so I was panic. I was running around the floor being like, where's the R room? R? R? Does anyone have a last name R here? And I finally went to the front of the hall where this teacher told me to go. And I finally found somebody in my grade who has a last name that starts with an R. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're, you're in the same position as I am. What is happening? And she's like, oh, they gave us the wrong room. If I hadn't found that person that I know has that last name, I would have I I honestly have no idea what I would have done because it said to go to 405 and it took 20 minutes before they realized that we were supposed to be in room 305, a floor down. Meanwhile, alarms were going off the whole time to signify like when classes would end and start on a school day, which were very loud. A girl behind me had hiccups. It was just, you just never expect it to be so kind of crazy, but you find out like, The people who are proctoring it aren't sent from the college board they're they're like teachers they're people and they're trying really hard but you can't get that many people organized in that little time like the last time i took it I also had a room change and we were all confused and we started late. It's just, it's very, it's almost comforting how disorganized it is because you realize they'll understand if you don't have that pencil. But at the same time, when you're trying to get into that test taking standardized bubbling in mentality, it's really pretty rough on the emotions, especially at like eight in the morning when you know you're going to be sitting there for four more hours. And this is only the second time I've taken the actual one. I mean, I've taken the PSAT a bunch of times because we all have. Um, but you know, this was legit and you get that feeling. This is very, very important. And I can't believe I'm actually doing this thing that I've heard about. I used to like read books about teenagers taking the SAT and all the stress around that. And I've just, it's, I've been in that kind of region for so long without realizing that it was going to actually come to me. And then here it is. And I'm here taking the test, writing the essay, which by the way, is very hard to do because if you're a writing person like I am, you have to just discard what you know about writing because you won't get a good score on it if you try to do what would get you like an A on an essay in school because what they actually want is simple points, colorful details, you can even make up examples of things. They just want you to be able to show that you understand how to make an argument, not that it has to be some complex thing, which really gets me. I'm sitting there trying to figure out the paradoxes and and how to organize my thoughts, and it's really helpful to write an outline, which, surprise, I've always been terrible at doing. Like, I've never written outlines for things against, you know, everyone else's advice, which usually works out for me, except when you only have 25 minutes to write an essay and you have to make very specific points. You really should take five minutes of the 25 minutes to write an outline. So that was really stressful, and once you're done with that, there's no going back. That is your essay. What I felt when I got out of that test was a giant sigh of relief from everybody around me. No one is under the impression that you're enjoying this. We would ask at a break, like, so, how much more time is there? And he was like, 75 minutes, and all of us just collectively kind of died inside. And he knew. We weren't trying to pretend to him that this was fun because he knows it's not fun. He's not going to be offended. So we all walk out of there, and everyone is just, like, jittery, freaking out, like, trying to not talk about it because you have to sign something that says you can't talk about it, but wanting to be like, what did you think of this question? What did you think of that question? And we're all wondering what our own experimental section was because on the SAT, one of the sections every time is experimental, so your scores on that actually won't count, but they won't tell you which is experimental so that they can find out how people really will do. And so you're always hoping, like, the one that was hardest for you maybe was the experimental one. For me, I'm hoping one of the math ones was experimental because that was a lot harder for me than the rest of them. So part of me is, like, praying that that's the case. So that is the SAT, which has stressed me out in the past, is stressing me out now. And assuming I take it in January, which is the last time you can take the old version, it will be stressing me out in about a month. So something that's been helping me get my mind off of the SAT and also off of the giant history in class essay I had to write, and my various lab reports, etc., junior life, is Broad City, which is another show that I've been kind of avoiding, because everybody I know would come up to me and be like, Liza, do you watch Broad City? You're exactly the kind of person who should be watching Broad City. And I was like, alright, I'm not going to fall into that trap of whatever. I have no idea what the thought process was, but... I recently decided to give in, so I started watching Broad City, and I'm now done with the whole TV show, desperately awaiting its arrival in February, I believe. It is so good. It is this joyous friendship between two girls in their 20s in the city, and it sounds probably not great when I describe it, because nothing does. I guess I'm bad at describing things. But it is so cute, and I guess not that pg But I love it so much with my whole heart to just see people be friends. Like, there's something that seems so rare about seeing just a happy friendship on TV where they understand each other and they want to talk all the time and they're there for each other just beyond everything. I mean, one of them cries every time she thinks about anyone else being her best friend. It's just so endearing. And I relate to them. I especially relate to one of them whose name is Alana. And it's so nice because they're friends in real life and you can feel it, you just feel it. I like stalk them daily on Instagram just so that I can understand their lives because they're like, on the one hand, such terrible, terrible role models, but on the other hand, such a great vision of the fact that it is not terrible necessarily to become an adult, I'm hoping, as relating back to my whole problem with is it really better to be an adult or a teenager? So, that is some shining hope in the face of my stresses about college. It'll be okay, Eliza. Alana and Abby have a beautiful friendship and are living in the city at age 20-whatever. You can do it too. So, hopefully I will do it too. So, thanks to them for providing that little ray of sunshine. And so, now it is time for my oversharing, which is quite oversharing. Um, so, I tried to go to this thing called cognitive behavioral therapy which basically the theory is that they give you quick ways to stop yourself from feeling terrible in a moment because I've struggled with depression and general stressful emotional feelings in the past. Um, So I go to a regular therapist and then I went to CBT for a while. And recently I've stopped that because I'm just feeling pretty cool now, actually. This is a great oversharing. Um, I felt like I got what I wanted out of it. And I think part of what's helped me is the breakup, weirdly, which is just so much of my mind isn't occupied with what another person is doing and thinking all the time. So it gives me a better opportunity to calm myself down and not feel obligated to kind of be connected to someone. And so therefore I kind of am more connected to people because I don't have to be, if that makes any sense. So that was really nice to be able to stop that because I don't need it anymore. Well, for now, I don't need it. So that is that. Tons of good news in this one, actually. Things are going solidly, minus the SAT stress. But it will all be okay, as shown by Abby and Alana's beautiful lives. So thank you for listening, and listen next week, because who knows what we'll be into in seven days.